Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome to the Recover Your Soul podcast. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and I am so happy that you are here with me today. Thank you so much if you're returning, and if you are new to the community, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. And in this episode, I wanted to come in and get a closer look at something I talk a lot about, which is control. In my intro, I think I still use the word control addiction. And what's interesting about control is that that word can bring up a lot of different things. It can have some trauma maybe based around it. It can have a lot of different definitions of what that is. And I know for me, when I first started this recovery journey, control was not even in my periphery. It was not in what I was thinking was making me so miserable. It wasn't what the source of my suffering was. I didn't see it yet. But now that I have been in recovery, in soul recovery, have had a real change of heart, have had what in the 12th step it says, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, as a result of recovery, and I have clarity that control is the source of the suffering. And for me, soul recovery, regardless of how you got here, whether it was through Al-Anon, somebody suggested it to you, you're looking for a spiritual podcast, whatever it is that brought you here, first of all, I'm glad that you're here. For me, working on and looking at how we are 
trying to control what we can't out in the world is the source of our discomfort. And so that's what I really want to chime in on today. There's this part of us as humans in this life that can get really attached to who we are. And that's what I consider our ego, our human mind, our identity, right? Whatever, whatever it is that you want to call it. And these identities that we have are built from all of our past experience, everything that we've been picking up for our whole life of social media, what people say, what the movies say, what friends told us, what our parents told us, what teachers told us, what we saw in magazines, what we read in books. It's all of our intellectual education that has been brought into us that's helping to fuel this sense of ourselves that stands apart from everyone else as being uniquely different, as being special, as being us. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that until we start to believe that that part of us, that outward expression of who we are, defines who we are. That is who our identity is. And without that, we are nothing. Because when we're coming from that place, what ends up happening is we want everybody else out there to be interacting with this self that we've created in specific ways that feel good to us, that don't bump up against our value systems, that don't bump up against our triggers, that don't test us or make us question what that is. And that's where the control starts to come in, that we begin to want people to behave in certain ways. We want situations to work out a certain way. We want work to be a certain way. We want our husband to be a certain way. We want our wife to be a certain way. We want our kids, our friends, our world, our politics to be in a way that matches up with this identity that we've spent a lifetime creating. When I went into soul recovery this time, I think that I had really gotten to such a place where I was so lost and so afraid and so victimized, so deeply wounded and hurt and felt like it was everybody else's problem. It was everyone else's reasons why I felt this abandonment, why I felt unloved, why I felt unworthy, why I felt like it just wasn't worth living for anymore. And when I look back now, I have a real tenderness and compassion for where I was in those last years. And it's not like every day was a horrendous day of depression. It was this undercurrent of irritation, an undercurrent of just wanting it to be different, of just feeling like life wasn't working out for me. It was happening to me. And I was in constant reaction to everything that was happening. And for those of you that have listened to the podcast, when I got into recovery this time, my husband had wanted us to stop drinking again. And I had really just decided at that point that it was hopeless for me to quit. And 
was really in despair. I was in a job that was really painful. I had lost my way. I was clinging and clawing for some sense of identity and what had been so fulfilling for me. And and every time I tried to grasp and control and make it be a way that it used to be or how I used to feel or what I used to do there or what my value used to be attached to, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and had really deteriorated to a place where I had no idea who I was and how I fit in there and what my value was. And so I used drinking even more to try to cover up those feelings. By then, my husband and I had separated, had gotten back together in hopes for better times. The better times were not coming. We had teenage kids. It was a complete shit show. Everything was off the rails. There was drugs and alcohol and issues. And my husband and I were fighting constantly about the boys. And the only solution that I could find in myself was to check out, was to just use alcohol to just turn off. And I've told many stories in the episodes about how I had friends that I commiserated with about how miserable I was. And I would go to counseling sessions and spend the whole time just talking about how everybody else was the problem. My husband was the problem. My kids were the problem. My work was the problem. My boss was the problem. I was never looking at who had control. And the only thing I have control of is me. I was trying desperately to control the world around me. I was trying desperately to make everything else be something different. And in that, there was so much pain, so much pain. So when Rich came to us and said, I think we should go back to not drinking and really in earnest go into recovery, I had had sobriety before. I knew how much better I felt. And I think that I was afraid that I couldn't have it again. I think that I had fallen down to a place in my heart that I didn't know if I deserved it. But luckily, so luckily, there is the grace and the willingness and just having those moments of clarity where you think there has to be something better than this. There has to be something better than this. This is my ego self. Our ego selves, our identities are so caught up in the drama and all of the other people and trying to force it and make it be something. When I went and decided I'm going to give it a try again this time, something shifted in me that I was finally ready to actually surrender fully. And what I think about in the idea of control is the ego part of us feels like if we let go of control, if we surrender to the flow of the universe, to higher power, to conscious awareness, to not wanting everything to be the way that we want it, what I can see now is that that part of us is fighting for that, just like the addict in me was fighting to not get put away. There is a choice that we can make 
to live a different life, but it's interesting to know how hard it is to make a choice that is better for ourselves, loving for ourselves, when it's around us everywhere. We are surrounded by religion. We're surrounded by spirituality. We're surrounded by this constant message that if you will let go, that there is happiness and joy on the other side, and yet we can't let go. I know many of you are here because you found this podcast through Al-Anon. I'm not affiliated with Al-Anon. I'm not an Al-Anon official group. This is my experience of recovery that's happened in my life that Al-Anon was such a huge part of, and I want to share with you because it was so fundamental in my discovering soul recovery. This control issue, this issue where we don't even see it because we think we're being helpful. We think that we're giving advice. We think that if it could just be this other way, that maybe, maybe things would be better. But that desire to control, the desire to know what somebody else is doing, what somebody else is thinking, that we want to manipulate makes us sick and it makes us unhappy and it causes us stress and worry and anxiety. I did a podcast on anxiety and I was thinking about it recently again that for me, my anxiety was all about control. It was about the fact that I could not make somebody else or make something else be some other way. And that that powerlessness, right? Step one, we're powerless and that our life has become unmanageable. When you look at where we're powerless, it's everything. It's every single thing outside of ourselves. And yet we're grasping for that control everywhere else. And yet when we hand over our emotions and our feelings and our lives and how we are in our own life to somebody else, we're giving up the only place that we have control. We're letting somebody else determine our value. We're letting somebody else determine our happiness. We're letting somebody else determine whether our life is good and worth living. If somebody else doesn't get sober, then we can't be okay. If a job doesn't treat us the way that we think we want to be treated, we don't think we're okay. But the truth is, our own minds have the perception of every single thing around us. We get to decide, as I said in one of my favorite podcasts, it is as I choose to see it. It is as I choose to see it. So every time that we choose to see things from a healthier perspective, from a more true perspective, without all of our old baggage, without all of our old victimization, we are actually taking our power back. We're taking control of the only place that we have it, which is within ourselves. Now, all the spirituality, all of the religions, all the things that talk about turning over to a higher power are really about letting go of that strong sense of your identity that you are so attached to and releasing and opening up to something bigger, opening up to a higher power, letting go of control, opening up to the flow, thy will, not my will be done. Now, I know when I first heard those words, what it said to me was, I have to give up. 
There's something less than for me. It's less than. But it's not about being less than. Our ego is fighting for its life because it only sees this small, teeny, tiny, itsy-bitsy square or circle or triangle or whatever your vision is of reality, of who you are, of how you are in the world. It's this very small outlook of what we look out now with all these telescopes that are looking out through space. It's unlimited. We have no idea what's out there. We don't know. But we want to control, we want to know, we want to force and and make everything be in a way that lines up with all of this belief system that we've gathered up in our lifetime. And that's a lot. That's heavy. That is some heavy stuff right there. That's some big expectations. Maybe some unrealistic expectations. In this time of recovery, when I changed my perspective and I stopped looking outside for approval, I stopped looking outside for value, I stopped looking outside for happiness, I turned to myself, I turned within and I started realizing that the only thing that I can work on, the only thing that has meaning to me is my relationship with my mind, with my higher power, with my soul, with my heart, and that I am choosing in every single interaction that I have with somebody to make a conscious decision about how I am going to be relating to that person, what am I going to be seeing. And when I see that they aren't doing something right, I have to look at myself and say, why do I want to control that? Well, it could be something like the fact that I have addicts in my life and it's hard to watch someone that you love in an addictive behavior. Now I could wrap myself up completely and be completely obsessed with every single thing that they do and every event that they go to. Are they going to choose to partake in that? Are they going to not? Are they going to overindulge? Are they going to, what decisions? Who are they talking to? What's going on? Those things are examples of where I used to want to know because I thought I could do something about it. I could make it be a different way. And if I could make it be a different way, then I could change the outcome. But the truth is, I don't know what the outcome is. I don't actually have the ability to even understand why maybe they have to be going through what they're going through. And that if I'm honest, I was 48 years old before I finally decided to take my last drink. It wasn't other people not wanting me to be different. My mom's probably been worried about me for all these years. She hasn't harassed me about it. I had friends who expressed concern. People who came to me and really pushed and said that they were really worried, I pushed them away because I didn't need them reflecting that in my life. But we do that to other people in so many different ways. We shame them. We guilt them. We don't forgive them. We make them the blame of why we're not happy when the truth is they're just doing their thing. 
They're just figuring themselves out. They're experiencing their own pain and suffering. Their ego self, that sense of themselves that they have, is having a hard time being in the world. So if we can let go of the need to control the people around us, let go of the worry, let go of the fear, open to the only place where you can do recovery, which is for yourself, and start to dig in deep underneath what's going on for you and only you. There is incredible healing that can come from that. There is this spiritual awakening. There is this turning it over to this higher power and believing that there is a flow in the universe. And I know in my life that once I've opened up to this, it's amazing how I always talk about it like a river. You know, you're running this river, you're on a raft in the river, and you can be battling against it and trying to get over to the side and trying to not have it be the experience that it is, or you just ride the river. And sometimes it's full of rapids, and sometimes it's totally a nice little leisurely run, and sometimes it's kind of flat, and you got to just allow yourself time to just get to where it moves a little bit more. But when you let go of that grip of control and begin to trust in your higher power, it's amazing how things start to move. And the things that bothered you and hurt you stop hurting so much. And the interactions with people that you used to feel attacked by, you can see that they're just human beings trying to do the best they can with where they're at. And when we quit trying to desperately cling onto and change the people around us, they stop pushing us away and they open up to us. And sometimes they really start to share their heart and where they're at. And then you can inspire their change because they're watching you change. It's an interesting thing, control. And I know for me, just having this change in perception, this awareness has created miracles in my life, in my happiness and my peace and my serenity. As I've learned to surrender, it turns out it's not giving up. It's opening up to even more. If this is a new concept to you, or this is something you're struggling with, I'm here as your spiritual coach to work you through it. It's amazing, as I've said before, to watch the clients that I'm working with who are interested in taking responsibility for their own happiness and seeing this amazing shift that can happen within them when they start to just change how they look a little bit, letting go of control, and profound things are happening in their life, profound healing, even when it's still nuts around them, even when the people around them are still dysfunctional or choosing to use or having problems, they see it different. I also encourage you to share this podcast with people who might be having their struggles of their own. You're not controlling them. You're offering them experience and strength and hope and the ability to hear that somebody gets them just like I get you. I understand these are simple concepts, but they're not easy. That's why we just do little baby steps, little beginning with awareness, beginning with 
recognizing and looking and being curious about where that pain is coming from. Noticing when we, oh, I am actually trying to control that situation. I don't have control of that. Interesting. It's where the healing begins. Until next time, namaste. Are you wondering, how do I go deeper on my path to soul recovery? Or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's how. Here's your call to action. If you're ready for real inner change and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. Recover your souls on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect, and there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. There is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.